0: Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
2: The Athletic.
1: Football League show. As Derby drop to the third tier, Bournemouth take a big step back toward the top flight. Like Huddersfield, Luton and Forest are cosily tucked into the playoff places, but it's looking like doom for Posh, Barnsley, Wimbledon and Holden. As intentionally sublime as a Jack Coleback volley, this is the Totally Football League show in association with Paddy Power. So then, things a little clearer across the EFL after a bumper weekend of Easter action. We're focusing on the Monday matches mostly today, the week in question being myself, Matt Davis-Adams. I'm joined by Joby McEnough.
3: How are you doing, Matt? you okay, mate.
1: Very well, thank you. A busy weekend of uh, televisual broadcasting for Joby. Sam Parkins back with us too. He's been all over the EFL this Easter too. How are you doing, Sam?
2: Yeah, I'm good, Matt. Not too bad.
1: Excellent. Uh, we're going to start with a good Easter, bad Easter section. Obviously, there's been two rounds of games for most of the team since last we spoke. Uh,
3: Joby, who do you think has enjoyed their bank holiday weekend? Well, I certainly have, not having to run about over Easter, a little bit like Christmas, my first one. Um, and it is a quick turnaround. I know footballers get a lot of stick map for complaining about overplaying. But if you do have a Saturday, Monday, like a lot of the League One clubs do, it is Tough, particularly as you get older. And at this stage of the season, you know, there's been a lot of football up to this point. So it can catch a few out. Maybe Sol Bamba, who we might come on to a little bit later, could be one of those players. But it is a, a quick one. But on a personal level, it's been great to watch it. It's been hard enough trying to keep across it off the pitch. So I don't know how the boys get on with it. On I'd go for Peterborough, who've actually had a good and a bad Easter in terms of obviously two brilliant results for them, but Looking at what Redding have done and the way that Redding have done it, you know, must be a real killer, killer blow to them. If they're coming out of that with six points, Peterborough thinking, oh, we could be a little bit closer to maybe a miraculous escape. And the fact that Redding have got two last gasp goals to snatch a win and then a draw from a ridiculous position, I think is a a really bad combination for Peterborough. So they've had a good and a bad one.
1: How about you, Sam? Anybody standing out either good, bad or both?
2: In the Championship, definitely Luton. I covered the the Huddersfield-Luton game, uh, what, a week or 10 days ago or whatever it was. And, you know, doing a bit of reading up afterwards and engaging the opinion of the Luton supporters, I think the majority thought they were done after that. And I probably rolled out a few of the cliches, Kenilworth Road, Nottingham Forest in front of the cameras. You know, they've shown brilliant resilience throughout the season. Uh, did I really believe it was going to happen? Probably not to be honest so to get the six points from the, the next two games with all the injury woes incredible incredible and they, they've given themselves a well they're, they're going to be in those playoffs now uh, as far as I'm concerned um, Bad Easter's don't think you can look beyond Blackburn and, and Middlesbrough I suppose both going into the Easter in fantastic positions and yeah just Middlesbrough taking a solitary point from the two and, and Blackburn losing both games so Yeah, it's going to be difficult for both those teams to force their way in now.
1: I'll give a little shout out to Barrow because we kind of relegated them on this show a couple of weeks ago, pretty much. And and they thrashed Forest Green on Friday and then took a point from Salford as well. And all of a sudden, looking like Phil Brown might just turn it round for
2: them. No, Sam? Oh, definitely, yeah. But if we were doing League League Two, I was keeping it championship for the moment. Sutton United, I think. Uh, Again, you know, like a few weeks ago, uh, you just felt with the the Papa John's Trophy final as well. The disappointment of that, uh, decimated by injuries, So uh, two massive wins over Mansfield and Newport. I mean, that's derailed those two sides' challenge. But uh, what a, what a story that's developing there, and and they look like a great shout for playoffs.
3: Yep,
1: they certainly do. Right next today, we'll delve a little deeper into Monday's action, starting in the Championship.
4: You're listening to the Totally Football League Show part of the Athletic Podcast Network.
1: So Derby are down, that after Reading fought back to draw 4-4 against Swansea and the Rams lost at QPR. Uh, Fulham have twice been denied promotion since last we spoke, but they might have done it by the time you hear this. A win against Preston on Tuesday would seal the deal. There was a massive victory for Bournemouth at Informed Coventry. Luton made it six points out of six over Easter. They beat Cardiff. Birmingham a hit for six at Blackpool. Back-to-back wings keep posh alive, for now at least. And goals from Scott Malone and Tom Bradshaw help Millwall cling on to the fringes of the top six. Concerns, though, about Jed Wallace's injury. Uh, let's start with Derby County's relegation. here by Dykes. It's really opening
2: up now. Amos is in. Scores for the second game running. All in by drinkwater schwa with a header down. It's McIntyre! 4-4!
0: Unbelievable! Delight for Reading! It could well have
2: huge significance! Derby County are down. We've tried our best, we give everything we can. It's um, unfortunate, have been relegated for.
0: Now we'll plan to make sure this club comes
1: back to us. Yeah. So the Rams the first side to drop out of this season's championship, beaten by a goal-to-nil at QPR, which coupled with the results elsewhere, meant that their fate was sealed. Uh, Joby it's kind of being pegged as a glorious relegation, this and and certainly it's it's a pretty different mood than you would usually see about a club that that have dropped down. The, the supporters at the Cayenne Prince Foundation Stadium on Monday uh, in terrific voice and and yeah, kind of the best way to go down in in a strange way.
3: Yeah, if there is such a thing as a glorious relegation, Matt, then this was certainly it. I think for anyone other than Forest fans. Um, and I know a few who probably won't be superly disappointed with the end result, um, has to give Derby massive, massive credit. I certainly have done the whole season. You know, we get asked a lot, you know, do they think they can do it? Is it Mission Impossible? And I've got to be honest, I felt from the outset, yes, of course, it has been Mission Impossible. 21 points, ridiculous, you know, deficit to even consider coming back from. The fact they've even got this close, you know, huge amount of credit must go to Everybody at that football club and normally in relegations, you know, it's dark times, you know, it's a lot of negatives and that would have been very easy to have been the case for Derby as throughout the rest of the season. But they've always found something to to be positive about, whether it's a result, whether it's unearthing another young player coming through that's equipped themselves really, really well that we've seen throughout the whole season. You know, times that we feel like the wheels are going to fall off and certainly being in positions, you know, I've been at clubs that have been into administration and, you know, it's very easy to use that as an excuse to to not go and perform. And I have felt at times that could be the case. Again, maybe losing players in January that they wanted to keep hold of, Phil Jagielka, you know, Graham Shinney leave a club and you think two senior players and they still seem to come back and, and keep fighting. So the fact they've got to this point Um, I think is as well as anybody probably could have hoped for. Probably they've over-exceeded anyone's expectations. Um, And I have to just say they've actually finished the season or they will finish the season, despite it being disappointing, of course, but actually with a lot of positives to take from it, which is a weird thing to say, you know, from a team that has been getting relegated. And if they can get that off-field situation sorted as soon as possible... And it looks as though, you know, hopefully some good news is going to be imminent and start planning very quickly with some of those youngsters, you know, coupled with the experience they've gained this year. Hopefully they can start rebuilding what is a fantastic football club.
1: Sam, when I was reflecting on this yesterday, I was, I was thinking of sort of personal experience and, and as most people know, I support Forrest and, and when they got relegated to League One, they had three seasons there and it was a real grind to get back up. It can go that way, but I guess Derby will be, be more looking at, at Sheffield Wednesday and, and more pertinently Wigan who, who had similar fates, you know, points deductions and then relegations and, and yet Wigan in particular are making light work of League One, so it is possible to bounce
2: straight back It is it will be dictated by the, the the type of new owners, I suppose and, uh, and what kind of resources are going to be av- available to, you know, hopefully Wayne Rooney moving forward. Um, I was at the game on Friday against Fulham and I mean, Joby will have probably have seen them more in the flesh than I have, but I was so impressed, so impressed with the style of football. Probably not giving them enough credit. It did feel at times like I was watching a youth team against against Fulham in that in that first half because there's probably a lack of uh, belief, maybe in the final third. I didn't I didn't really feel that they were going to uh, create. A number of chances because it's a little bit off the cuff. Um, probably that's that youthful exuberance, naivety. But the way that they they've encouraged the, the team to play, the tactical awareness of of Rooney and and Liam Rossiniya to me was so evident uh, on Friday. And I think that's refreshing for a side down the bottom of the table. Would have been easy maybe to I know Wayne Rooney is a huge name, but to to go a different way this year uh, or to to play more agricultural football so it was a bit of an eye-opener for me some talented young boys I thought Thompson in the middle of the pitch was excellent plans to return to form as well and you know if we're talking about players that may be difficult to keep hold of Ebi Owe, if people haven't seen him I think he's 18 years old obviously only been in the team a short time he's a bit like Mares, that kind of guile on the ball the drop of the shoulder I mean they're going to do well to keep hold of him because I think he's already showed that he can he can handle it in the championship but yeah they go down with an enormous amount of pride I would say from the last few weeks um, and we'll see what the rebuilds like in the summer he talked to 40 players uh, through through the different levels so it's going to be a hell of a job in the summer and we'll see how they go
3: yeah just to jump on sam's point about style of football and i think the situation they were in has helped with that because it was such an uphill task i think it's been a little bit easier maybe at times to say we're going to stick to that because no one expects us to to stay up anyway and they have stayed true to it i think it has at times got them in a little bit of trouble in terms of some of the goals they've conceded but i think they really have tried to develop those young players and with a good style of football and that's really helped them come through. And I think the fact we're still talking about them with, you know, three, four games to go, when you look at their away record, and again, coming back to Sam's point about the youth, that's been having to really play games where probably they're not quite ready. I think that's probably the big difference for them. You know, that little bit of nous, that little bit of know-how when you're going away from home. They don't score many goals, of course. They've had problems all season scoring goals. So the fact with all those things considered that have actually got anywhere near it, I think shows again you know what an amazing job that everyone's done there and and how much that togetherness and, and team spirit can actually take you sometimes, maybe a, a bit of lack of quality and as I say, a bit of inexperience, but they've given it you know such a such a good goal this season finally on Derby Sam. Wayne Rooney obviously the question was put to him
1: about whether he'd stay or not and and you know he said well maybe if there's a change of ownership in terms of self preservation he ought to walk away didn't he because if, you know if they don't win their first six games in league 1 with him in charge next season he's not getting the man united job which he's admitted is is what this is all based around that's his ultimate end goal go out now with sort of heroic failure on your CV rather than struggling through league 1 next season
2: yeah again it'll be all about you know, what kind of conversation he has and what the new owner's plans are, you know, it would be quite exciting. I would expect if he, he was given the opportunity to rebuild and, and give a good fist of it ne- next season. Um, but yeah, again, I've been really impressed with him. I think he, he's shown himself to be not only someone who can cajole the players in very difficult times, but also to, to put his stamp on the, on the side. So inevitably there'll probably be clubs already, um, that may fancy taking him and, and maybe Resenia. Um I think he's destined to be a number one. I'm sure he's got aspirations to do that. And I'm sure he's a big part of uh, why they've been playing such nice stuff. So we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I think it's going to be dictated by, you know, what happens at, at boardroom level in the next few weeks.
1: So Derby down then, QPR though, only three points off the playoffs. You never know, Sam, they might <laughs> they might just squeeze in there on, on the last day. Uh, meanwhile, incredible scenes in Berkshire. Reading came from 4-1 down to pinch a priceless point against Swansea, courtesy of Tom McIntyre's very late leveller. Even Paul Lintz not sure how they came back. He says it's hard to comprehend how they did so against a good Swansea side. and uh, We've mentioned it a lot, Joby, haven't we? If they'd had Lucas Schwell for the whole season, they might not be anywhere near
3: the amount of trouble that they're in. And, and he was the difference maker here again, really. Yeah, and he's come up big, you know, since he's come back into the team. And he came back a little bit too early, as some of the other players have had to at times this season because they were so desperate. And he wasn't quite up to speed, certainly the first few games. But... Again, I think he's one of those players that gives everyone else a lift, not just because of his goals, but, you know, he gives the team a real focal point. You know, Josh Laurent as well has come in recently. You know, he's missed a lot of the season as well. And I think he's been a huge influence. And just getting back to what is a recognisable first eleven for Reading, which for so long this season, they didn't have, um, you know, I think the biggest thing to come from this game, yes, Lucas Shawell scoring, but it's just that ability to come back. We've seen them get blown away, you know, on far too occasion, Far too many occasions this season. Again, we talk about maybe too many young players at once not being able to deal with certain situations. But they have capitulated at times and it would have been very easy. It looked like they were on, on the verge of capitulating again, you know, 4-1 down. But one thing you have to say about Paul Ince and, and what he's brought is a, a togetherness. You know, he speaks about it. He speaks about a team spirit, a fight. And for all the quality that they had, there were even times where I didn't see enough of that fight, even when they were starting to get lads back, but they've managed to do that now. So, yeah, for me, you know, as someone who obviously was at the club for a long time, you know, a lot of people there, Mikael Ledgerwood, good, good pal of mine, who's gone in and, and helped out Paul Ince, uh, Michael Jilks as well, you know, and obviously the staff Ints brought in, they've done a brilliant job and fair play to the players for, I want to give them credit for getting out of it. They should never have been in that situation in the first place. But hopefully from Reading's point of view, you know, they've done enough now to, to stay up. I certainly would imagine so after such an amazing comeback.
1: Yeah, seven points between them and Peter now. Uh, as for Swansea, some great goals from them in this game, probably out of promotion contention, but they'll have a say on who does make it into the playoffs. Their remaining games are against Middlesbrough, Bournemouth, Forest and QPR. It uh, looks like both Barnsley and Peter Britt will be in League One next season. Posh, at least going down swinging, they won 2-0 against the Tykes. At Oakwell. First back-to-back wins of the season, but seven points from safety with three games to play. But if they're going into League One, Sam, they'll do it with a bit of momentum. Grant McCann starting to have an impact. And somebody, of course, who knows all about how to get out of League One, he, he won the thing just just last season. So depending on who stays and who goes, they, they look well-placed for, for another tilt at yet another return to the championship.
2: They're like the, the kind of Norwich of the League One championship vortex. They are they are a bit yeah, and, and the players will will know that and, and go down with with confidence. But the manager's a, a good point. Um, they've had a great few days. Uh, similarly to the the Lucas Jow point, if they'd have had Marriott available for the entirety of the season, they could have had considerably more points. I, I would say his goal to to minute ratios incredible. So. Yeah, it could have been different. I don't think there was a lot between the two sides in this game. It looked like Cornell had to produce a few saves to to keep Barnsley at bay who just fallen away the last few weeks after loads of encouragement. I think during the and after the January window, Keener and, and Bassey have just faded at a crucial moment. I think the same could be said with Carl Morris, who's been their, their real goal threat towards the tail end of the season and missed a few chances yesterday so again I think loads of mistakes have been made uh, I think off the pitch Barnsley you can you can talk about the manager leaving and and mow it but I just felt weak in midfield area all season I think their options were all under 23 lack of experience there and that that's added to I think defensive deficiencies they faced the the least amount of shots in the whole division last year, obviously when they finished fifth. They've been 21st in that regard this season. So I don't think it's been any surprise that they've they've struggled defensively. But it's just a little bit up in the air because you don't know who's going to be in charge next year. That's the difference, Matt. I suppose coming back to your your question, your point. Grant McCann will go into that division knowing exactly what to expect. Barnsley have made you know, one horrendous managerial appointment this decision uh, this season. One win I think it was in in sixteen games for Marcus Schlopp and we'll have to wait and see if um the, the current incumbent gets the opportunity to lead them in League One.
1: That's what I was going to ask you actually, Joby, about this. Boyer has Bargy, four wins <laughs> since he came in in the championship. There was that time, wasn't there, where it looked as though he was kind of kick-starting a bit of a revival. Three of those wins came in the space of four games but since then, just one and, and that was at home to, to Bristol City last month. If you were the Barnsley higher-ups, would would you be getting on the back phone to Neil Warnock and saying, hold off that retirement or, or are you, you giving Poyer another chance
3: to, to get them back up? No, I'd certainly given an opportunity. As you say, they looked at certain times the most likely team to jump out of that bottom three. Um, it was that game against Reading, I think, really that you could see completely flattened them. You know, they looked like they were going to go on and win it. Reading, again, with a, a late equaliser just to keep that distance and since then, you know, they've had a, a poor run and obviously Reading have, have gone on and picked up some some big points. So, it's, Fine margins, we talk about it all the time. I think if they could have held on, it would have given maybe that belief. And I think it might have done a bit of damage to Reading. I think overall, um, there's been an improvement, certainly. And there was for a, a large period of time, um, certainly from the first half of the season. And I, I'd like to see him given a, a pre-season to really try and implement you know, those ideas and probably again recruitment wise depending on who they're going to look to get in maybe lose one or two obviously a couple of low knees have come in and done really well for them who I'm sure will probably head back and, and look for pastures new so a bit of work to be done but I would certainly think he's done enough to be given a chance next season to, to start and, and try and get Barnsley back up
1: Right so that was the relegation situation we'll talk playoffs next <laughs>
0: It's the Paddy Power Football Supporter Support Line and we've got Simon from Manchester on the line. Yeah, I'm stressed about the potential of a Liverpool City Champions League final, Paddy. Sounds like an epic, Simon. Yeah, but one team's going to come off really badly. Who's that? My lot! Man United It's not always rewarding being a football fan, but if it's rewards you're after, try Paddy Power's Bet Builder and get money back as a free bet if one leg of your four-fold bet builder lets you down. Paddy Power. Pre-match online bet builder bets only. Min odds one to five per leg. Max free bet ten pounds per day. Seven-day free bet expiry. Excludes enhanced match odds. Eligibility restrictions and T's and C's apply. Eighteen plus. BeGambleAware.org.
4: You're listening to The Totally Football League Show, part of The Athletic Podcast Network. If you want to read more Football League content from the likes of Nancy Frostick, Paul Taylor, Phil Buckingham, Peter Rutzler and more of The Athletic's best writers, you can do so by heading to theathletic.com forward slash league show and get yourself a subscription of just £1 a month for the next six months. That's theathletic.com forward slash league show. Let's
2: anger about that, throw-in decision,
1: Just witnessed. Nottingham Forest completed the day's action by walloping West Brom in the late game. 4-0 the score here, meaning Cooper's cabal. Five points clear of seventh place with two games in hand. Uh, let's get the key question out the way first. Did he mean it or not, Jack Colback I was right behind him when, when he hit this strike. And, and when he turned around to look at the supporters... I
3: thought that gave it away, JB. He he was as surprised as we were, basically. Yeah, he was. Listen, it was a hell of a connection and a hell of a strike, but it's one of those that it sat up, you're just trying to drill it across into an area. It's actually, I, I won't call it a shank because it's actually such a sweet strike, but it definitely wasn't meant to go where it went. Um, listen, you take them all day long, of course, and I think it probably just summed up a little bit of, of where the two clubs are at the moment in general obviously forest um after a disappointing result i must say previously you know back to, to where they have been for the majority of time under steve cooper and obviously west brom not doing so well and and those things do go against you but no i would have to say unfortunately not but still a lovely lovely strike of the ball and great to see it flying uh brennan
1: johnson Congrats to him because he took an awful penalty at Sheffield United uh, what a couple of months ago and he had to wait a long time to take the one that put put Forrest ahead that after Darnell Furlong had been sent off for a second yellow card. I don't think there was much debate about that um, my concern Sam for Forrest I, mean, I don't think you can read too much in, into this game because West Brom went down to 10 men and, and then they were awful after that but Forrest seemed to be losing key players at key times you know, Steve Cook came back last night after what five six weeks out but Keenan Davis unlikely to play a game this season maybe will make the playoffs. Sam Surridge got his goal last night but but how key and absentee might Davis be They're also missing Max Lowe at
2: left back and have been for a while I think he w- he will be a miss because he's he's pretty unique in everything that he 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 brings in terms of his attributes. Um, he he can do a bit of everything. I think Surridge is a brilliant substitute. Uh, I think that goal will be you know perfect for his his confidence. Um, I think that's only a second start in a Forest shirt, and he's got four goals. Obviously, the, I think the three previous ones off the bench, and he seems to I wouldn't say enjoy that role, but he, he revels in it. He he comes on, he's such an accomplished finisher. I've really enjoyed his goals, actually, Surridge. When he gets in, he's got a real coolness and, and great technique, something that seems quite natural to him. But, yeah, Davis is just someone who can turn, I suppose, average balls into good balls. He can get the team up the pitch because he, he can go beyond people. Um, he's obviously a threat aerially. He can finish. Different type of player, more more modern centre-forward maybe in comparison to Surridge, So a little bit of a concern, but I wouldn't be get too bogged down on it just because there's so many players at such a high level right now. They've probably got the hottest manager in the, in the division currently, got a fan base that are fully behind them. They've got an unbelievable opportunity of going up. So if any side right now can deal with the loss of one of their biggest players, I would say it was Forrest.
1: Been thinking a lot about that Stoke game. Over the last 24 hours, I've got to say, that collapse on the last day under Sabri Lamushi when all mm. Forrest needed to do was, <laughs> that was not, funny. concede four goals. So I'm not taking anything for granted uh, just yet. Uh, so like Forrest and, and with a, a tip of the Hatters to Luton, uh, Huddersfield seemed pretty secure in their playoff berth. Terry has made it six points from six over Easter. They bested beleaguered Borough down by the riverside. Uh, Huddersfield just just look excellent don't they Joby I know you you were covering this game we've got the the evergreen Jordan Rhodes scoring again but they really we spoke to John Russell on Thursday's show and he said that little blip really didn't affect them at all and it, it definitely looks that way doesn't it Sam says maybe Forest favorites for the playoffs but but Huddersfield looks so difficult to to score against at the moment
3: yeah they do they just seem like a team there. Everything is working perfectly, defensively, offensively. The way that they set up, I think, is going to be really difficult for anyone to play against. You know, they're very compact, you know, fantastic Uh, defensively this year, which has been a huge improvement for them. Lee Nichols, who's been plucked from nowhere, really. I, I was looking through some of his stats before this season. He'd made seven appearances in the championship, you know, so to go in and as an individual goalkeeper, keep the most clean sheet so far this season is is fantastic. And I think, again, that game really typified what they've been about this year. You know, really difficult to break down. And it's a not a weird thing to say, but they're in control even when they haven't got the ball. And a lot of that is because they're so well organised. And from all accounts, what Carlos Corbin, in in terms of that detail, even when opponents have got the ball in certain areas of the pitch, Those Huddersfield players will know exactly where to be, you know, what their next pass is going to be, should they win it back. And you can see that they're almost setting traps throughout the whole game. Set pieces, again, most now in the league, they've been fantastic. And I think the first goal, again, summed them up because it was a real, I mentioned it, I did the, the game yesterday. And it's a difficult position to take a free kick from as a taker because it's a little bit too far out to shoot you know, to try and score direct from a header, it's again, a bit of a weird position. So that second phase one, little, you know, stand up to the back post, Jordan Rhodes, who again comes in, we talk about players missing, you know, Danny Ward's been brilliant this year. And I thought that could be an issue, but he comes in, steps up, gets an assist for the first one. Then he goes and takes his his second go as the game was opening up. And that's what Huddersfield are, are really, really good at, you know, springing those counter attacks and I've got to be honest, a little bit like what Sam said about Luton after they lost that that couple of games. They looked dead on their feet, Huddersfield. And again, he's known for working the players incredibly hard. And I felt like they just got to a point where it was a bit too much for him. But that break now, international break, they've obviously recharged. They look like they've got their intensity, their energy back. And they're very, very hard to play against. And, you know, tactically gets it spot on week after week they're going to be a tough team to play in these playoffs. I certainly wouldn't bet against them um, because again, I still feel like there's no real expectation on them outside of Huddersfield town. And that's a dangerous thing to go into the playoffs with.
2: Joby kind of finished with it there, but I think back to Scott Parker doing a bit of a job over Brentford in the playoff final the year uh, that Wickham and Northampton got promoted as well. I just think Huddersfield, with the time between games in the playoffs and the versatility of the way he sets the team up, you know, he does it obviously to counteract the opposition rather than certain themselves, that makes them a dangerous, dangerous proposition in the playoffs. If you think about Forrest with the momentum, Luton with the feel-good factor around there, give or take, you kind of know how they're going to set up. Carlos Brown will be on the training ground in the the meeting room concocting some bizarre plan for the semi-finals, and then hopefully for them for the final. So he's shown that he's a bit of a master in in recent games. So that makes them very very dangerous.
1: Yeah, borough-wise, I think if Low Lloyd Hughes was with us, she'd be labelling them bad vibes FC. No wins, all goals <laughs> in their last four. And Chris Wilder declining the opportunity to deny his interest in the Burnley job, which has uh, stirred things up amongst the locals. There, want to keep an eye on. Definitely. All right, you can take your silly little form, book, turn it on its head because here's goalless and winless in three Bournemouth, giving red-hot Coventry a proper doing in the West Midlands. That's a rather coarse way of me saying they won 3-0. Um, Sam, I had this pegged as the result of the day in the Championship, certainly, because we've talked about how impressive Coventry have been in recent weeks and, and Bournemouth couldn't score for love and the money, but this is a great result. And, and I don't know, maybe this is crazy, but maybe Dom Solanke should be. Player of the season and not Mitro yeah. in the Championship.
2: Yes, hell of a shout. I loved his second goal. Movement was movement was terrific. The movement made the pass, actually. Recognised where the, there was a little bit of space in between um, full-back and, um, and centre-half and, and brilliant finish. And he, he played a bit deeper here. So I've just been crediting my mate, Scott Parker. Um, I'm enjoying his clobber as well. He's got it wrong a few times this year. But he, he looks like an, an Arquette model at the moment, with the uh, the little collar underneath a jumper and a nice suit jacket. He's looking good Cor- again.
1: Corbin and Russell Martin maybe the contenders for his crown as best best dressed champion.
2: Mar- Martin's out. having a go, isn't he? Corbin's probably a bit out there for me, but uh, now I'm his mate after the, the post match the other day. I can't say too <laughs> too 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 much about him. Not really nice fella, actually. Enjoyed his company, um, but yeah. No, and Scott Parker again, clobber aside tactically, got his spot on here. Yeah, played slanky a bit as a a 10. Um, Changed it up in that regard. Then at half-time when he's got the goals, we know he can shore up games. That was it. Half-time, went to the back three. Um, I think it was uh, Anthony, Jaden Anthony on the left-hand side played as a wing-back and did a real job on Todd Kane who I looked up the other day. I think he's got the most crosses in the division and that change of play is very important for for Coventry getting the white boys involved. So, he did what he does. Scott Parker was bold. Um, I think he's been getting a bit of criticism the last few weeks from from Bournemouth and that just shows you, I suppose, in a wider sense just how expectation in football just changes, you know, over time. Bournemouth, League 1, League 2, when I was playing 10 years ago, 15 years ago, because of the the years in the Premier League that the fans expect and rightly so and um, not got it right the last three games but clinical that was the difference in this game three shots on target three goals and um you know very very important win
3: i just got to jump in on the player of the season one there <laughs> you weren't having um, that at all were you well listen i'm not sitting here for a second Dom Zlanky has been magnificent it's just a bad time to have your best ever season <laughs> when you got mitro on 38 and i've got to just defend Mitrovic, and not even defend him but i think because he'd scored so many so early people looking at 38 now, like it's not a, an amazing feat. You know, it's like, oh, we should have got 40 and he might still get 40, but the numbers are a little bit distorted, I think, because he was, you know, so, so far ahead so early on in the season. And again, to Sam, and what's the most you scored in a season, Sam? Tw-
2: 27. Someone asked me yesterday. 27. Right. So yeah. if
3: you'd scored 38, there's no, no question about player of the year, surely. You've you scored yeah. 38 in a league. That's you. You're down. right.
2: And, yeah, I'm not saying this will be a big thing, but the type of character he is, the guy Whittingham, 42, he'll he'll want to do that, won't he? In the games that remain, because he's we, he's conquered everything else in the championship. We I've
3: seen that in a few of the last few games that he hasn't scored in. You know, times where maybe he feels like people should be squaring the ball, um, and he hasn't quite got the goals that he wants. And again, for someone who scored as much as he has that, that's why he has scored the goals, particularly at Championship level, because you know he's got that hunger and. I wouldn't say, I'd say single-mindedness rather than selfishness that all good strikers need. But yeah, no, I've got to go Mitro if we're talking uh, player of the season, definitely. Uh,
1: He'll probably be player of the season. Disappointment of the season, potentially Birmingham. Absolutely hammered. 6-1 at Blackpool. Uh, Lee Bowyer looking forlorn, sat on his own in the dugout at halftime. Joby, do you think he'll be there next season? He's working with one arm tied behind his back, isn't it? Isn't he? But if it wasn't for for Reading and Derby's points deductions, they'd probably be relegated this season.
3: Yeah, um, I've got to be honest. Lee Boyer post matches, uh, unless they've won five 0 normally uh, <laughs> fairly forlorn and and not the most uh, energetic of characters. Shall I say after a, after a post match? It's quite a hard one to to read at times in terms of his overall picture again earlier on they sort of threatened to look like they could be half decent and, and have a decent little season but that has fallen away and yes they are fortunate that some of the teams below them have been really poor but again I'm sure he'll point to a lot of the off-field stuff um, that's been going on that has been a bit of a distraction and you know it's a, it's a tough thing management when you know not everyone's aligned at the football club You know, we talk about Derby and how everyone was together in their circumstances. It's completely opposite at Birmingham. You know, fans unrest, not happy with the way the club's being run. And it does have an effect on the club. So I think he'd have some conversations with the hierarchy there if he can find out who's who and who's actually running the club.
1: All right, that's the championship then. Let's bring in Producer Abby, who's going to give us the odds on who's going to make it into or potentially even win the playoffs courtesy of Paddy Bell.
4: I can't tell you who's going to win. Actually, I could tell you. I could give you some ideas. Uh, but in the top six finish places, uh, you cannot bet on Nottingham Forest, uh, Luton or Huddersfield. So we are looking at Sheffield United, who are the favourites to complete the six. They are five to six. You've got uh, Middlesbrough who are nine to five and Millwall who are... Are five to one. Uh, if you look look at the uh, to be promoted odds, uh, then uh, Bournemouth are forty to one on, and then it's Nottingham Forest, therefore, who I'm taking as the favourites to win the playoffs because they are seventeen to ten, Sheffield United ten to three, Huddersfield four to one, uh, Luton nine to two, and Middlesbrough five to one. So uh, things are looking good for you, Matt.
1: Yeah, other than the fact that we've literally never progressed to a playoff final in any of the times we've ever been in. <laughs>
4: This is the Totally Football League Show with Matt Davis-Adams.
1: In League One, most of the promotion chases are in action on Tuesday, so it was all about the fight for survival on Monday. Doncaster came from 3-0 down to draw against Shrewsbury, keeping them just about alive, though even the most ardent, abacus enthusiast would have a tough time working out an equation that keeps them in League One next term. Josh Iunga's injury time goal earned Morecambe a point in a 1-0 draw with Portsmouth, which edges the Shrimps closer to safety. And this will shock you, Wimbledon led, but didn't win. Uh, Gillingham and Fleetwood, nil-nil between them, life in the relegation race. Quick word on that double red card, Sam. I can't remember ever seeing it before, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Two players going in for a challenge, ref sends them both up.
2: Play on is the uh, the right answer, Matt. I think the, yeah, it's it's not the best looking challenge from either, but I don't think there was probably intent to injure people will say it's a dangerous challenge etc etc but I think the referee can probably just um just um let them get away with that wholehearted challenge Um, I think from the pictures it looks maybe that the from the angle we've got that the, the the Fleetwood player has gone over the top of the ball rather than Kelman but I mean that's one angle so it's difficult to tell but I would have liked to have seen both of them escape you know serious punishment
3: I'm going both Reds. I've got to be honest, Sam. I think neither you player maverick. got anywhere near the ball. When you watch it again, just follow, forget the players, look at the ball, it does not move. How you got two players flying in at that speed and none of them touches the ball. It reminded me a little bit of taking you back any of the listeners, the old WWF days, a double <laughs> clothesline where they just both take each other out, They're both on the <laughs> canvas, then you're waiting for the count to come in so you can get up. But no, I'm happy with the ref. Two Reds is, uh, I think, the right shout for me. Yeah, play on, but only if it's 1974.
1: Uh, What about (laughs) Wimbledon then? 1-1 between them and Wickham. Don's four points from safety, just two games to go. Uh, Joby, obviously it's a club close to your heart, but can even you make make a case for them now? Yet another lead, let's slip. There's there's going to be so many sort of uh, if-only moments for them when they reflect on the end of the season.
3: Yeah, there are, and... You know, really, really disappointing to see the club. It's funny, actually, We, me and Sam did a gig a lot earlier in the season Um and we spoke about Wimbledon and thought this year might be a little bit different. We were hoping maybe from their point of view that, you know, they'd certainly be a little bit more comfortable. Um And for a time it, it did look like that. But this run, oh, you know, you can't survive a run like this, Matt. It's been absolutely... Oh, really, really difficult to, to see them actually winning, as you say, a football match. And if you're trying to stay up, that's obviously the first thing you need to be able to do. So, you know, having got themselves in the position they did, you just never feel like they've got enough to see it out. I think that's the big issue around that football club. There's a real lack of belief of actually getting over the line. And when you're on a bad run like that, you just have to find a way, even if you don't play well, you know, get through periods of games just to come out and nick maybe a one nil you know just to get that little bit of belief and momentum going they just haven't been able to do that so yeah unfortunately from from Wimbledon's point of view you know they've had a few near misses in in recent years but I think this is one that they just can't overcome now unfortunately.
1: Big point for Wickham Sam Big enough though, they're, they're what, a point clear of seventh place Sheff Webb, but they've got two games in hand on them. So it, it's far from done. Obviously they play Sheffield Wednesday next and then they finish against Burton, but it's going to be really tight, isn't it, for that, maybe that final playoff place you would say, or, or maybe the final two playoff places in League One.
2: It's set up, isn't it, for like a colossal battle at the end of the season. Um I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, take the heat off Clarkey here and say that uh, I'm going for the Plymouth Argyle collapse. <laughs> I'm going for it. They've had such a horrendous run, running, you know, in terms of the, the, the fixtures, the magnitude of the sides they've been playing, wigging away and MK at home. I think I said Wickham, Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday, I think, around about a month or two ago. So I'm going to have to stick with that. Um, I don't take any satisfaction in saying it, but. Um, yeah, they would have loved the extra two points here, Wickham. Um, he actually changed it, Gareth Ainsworth, and went Vokes and Akin Fenwer, So that would have been good fun for the uh, the Wimbledon uh, back line, uh, trying to defend that lead. And Akin Fenwer obviously gets another important goal. And yeah, they, they've been really good, Wickham, since he actually rolled the dice. And I spoke to Gareth Ainsworth about it the other day. You know, he, he changed the shape completely you know, around about, um, you know, six weeks or so ago. And I think they're unbeaten in that time. So just, and he he spoke of actually giving it the lads a bit of a lift. You know, that's probably the modern game for you. (laughs) The lads getting excited about a changing system and something to work on, but it's definitely had the desired effect on on his squad. They're finishing the season brilliantly, but incredibly difficult to call. Um, They've got the experience, I suppose, of doing it before Sunderland, haven't finished season strongly. They've struggled in playoff campaigns. Sheffield Wednesday. Speaking to Nancy throughout the season, she's still not convinced that they're going to do it. So it's going to be a fascinating end to the season. But but there you go. I've given I've given you the outcome. My outcome anyway. Thank you for that.
1: Uh, relegation seems a little more clear-cut. Plenty of fight from Doncaster at Shrewsbury. They came from 3-0 down to draw 3-0. Really, they needed all three points to have a realistic chance of beating the drop. They're six points off safety, two games to play, and a a dreadful goal difference too. they got Burton and Oxford to finish with it wasn't supposed to be this way Sam was it you think back to the start of the season Richie Wellens at the helm having had a good campaign last time round. we were sort of looking more at more at playoff contenders rather than than relegation fodder but it's been a dreadful campaign for them and and the managerial change just hasn't really worked
2: no but I don't I don't think you can you can be too harsh on Gary McSheffrey, and he's got he's got Frank Sinclair with him who, who we both know as well Matt who's you know, deserves his his opportunity. I think after doing a lot of hard yards in the the lower levels, um, so I wouldn't, you know, give those two guys too much criticism. Um, I don't think the squad's been good enough. I think there's examples elsewhere in the AFL. We'll come onto some probably in the the lowest tier. I don't think the squad's been anywhere near strong enough. They got a little bit of an upturn, um, after re- recruiting some players in January, but to no avail. I mean, this was a. <laughs> A fantastic display given the circumstances you could understand them you know walking off the, the pitch with a tail between their legs after being heavily beaten at Shrewsbury so they gave a little bit of something that's been that's probably been lacking for large portions of this season but it was a bit of an end of season game considering Shrewsbury's predicament and um, if they were playing against someone with a bit more on the line their their fate would have been sealed already.
1: Uh, before we leave League One, Sam, I'd like you to analyse our tweet of the week, please. It's a welcome <laughs> return for this feature. It comes from James Trafford, the Bolton goalkeeper who's on loan from Manchester City. Uh, he's got a couple of pictures of the game, uh, and he says, "Great to see all the fans today, and get me second <laughs> assist of the season." Smiling face emoji. Really love the use of me instead uh, of my there.
2: It's, it could be my first suspension that I've handed out this season. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, that's a, that's a. That's a free game ban for me. Any mention of assists in a tweet. I don't know what Joby feels. Um, unless maybe you're like, you know, you're, you've racked up the double-double, He's which I know goalie. they like on Quest. <sighs> really? I don't recall a pinpoint through ball in that game, but I'll have to go back and look at the goals. I watched them last night when I was a bit hazy. Same. Um, anyway, I thought it was nice. Thanks, James, for for contributing
1: uh, to this little feature, Abby, help us out. Give us some odds on the League One playoffs, please.
4: Yeah, so Sam's given his thoughts, his paddies. So in the to be promoted category, Wigan, according to Paddy Power, you can't bet on them. They are up. Then it is Rotherham who are the next favourites. They are eight to one on. And then it's uh, MK Dons at six to five, Sheffield Wednesday two to one, Sunderland five to two, and Plymouth dropping down to five to one. Uh, maybe Sam, is up. Onto something. If you're looking just at your top six finish instead, the betting starts with Sheffield Wednesday there, 14 to 1 on, Sunderland 9 to 1 on, Plymouth 5 to 1 on, and Wickham there at 11 to 10. So the only one there not odds on to be in the top six, despite the fact that they are there.
1: Interesting. Right, we'll go to League Two next
0: Requires high speed internet connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
4: This is the Totally Football League Show.
3: Uh,
1: For the umpteenth time this season, allow me to tell you that Forest Green are nearly promoted. A point more will do it for them after they beat Oldham. Second place, Exeter lost at Tranmere, but wins for Northampton and Bristol Rovers keep them right in the hump for automatic promotion. Uh, Whilst points for Barrow and Stevenage mean they're four ahead of second bottom Oldham, with just one relegation place to be decided that after Scunthorpe's long since certain relegation was finally sealed on Friday. And now, after a shock shellacking at Barrow on Friday, Forest Green took out their frustrations on relegation-threatened Oldham in Nailsworth. I kind of feel like Oldham are more of the story here, Joby, because it's looking tough for them. Running is Salford, Tranmere, and Crawley, who are an informed side at the moment, and they had that that upturn when John Sheridan came in, but but not really been able to sustain it. And it's it's going to be obviously it's it's a shame when anybody gets relegated, but t- to see a team who were once in the Premier League, go all the way down to, to the National League feels like a bit of a moment.
3: Yeah, I, I absolutely have to agree with you there. And again, I think for a team, as you say, who has been in league football and as high as they have been, um, you know, is, is is sad. But it's another story, Matt, of, of off-field issues and, and how that can affect, you know, things that happen on a, a Saturday and a, a Tuesday night, you know. And I think that's probably the biggest disappointment in it all, you know, certainly from the Oldham fans perspective we've had protests you know we've had no shows at games and again it it does affect you as a player you know there's no way that throughout the course of a season those things don't have an impact and again the managerial change as you say you get a little shot in the arm to start with but then is that gonna last and clearly from oldham's point of view it hasn't i think when you look at the other teams around them you know stevenage with steve evans going in there Gives them a bit of presence and and someone who has got a bit of know-how at, at that end of the table to try and help them stay up so yeah i think going to forest green probably again on on the back of a an absolute walloping uh it's probably the wrong time from their point of view and you know i think when you look at the first goal uh regan hendry and the keepers is a definition of throwing one in really i think that was you know a real low point certainly for him and then normal service Resumes, Nicky Cadden, fantastic delivery. Jamil Matt doing what he's done all season. So I think a tough afternoon, again, amongst a lot of others this season. And you're looking at the table now, you know, four points adrift. Stevenage, Barrow have got an extra game to play. So I think it will be very, very difficult for, for Oldham to, to turn it around now.
1: Uh, Sam, it looks like we will get Derby v Forest next season, albeit it'll be Derby v Forest Green. Do, do you think they'll be doing much in terms of upgrading their squad over the summer, or, or can they be competitive in League One with the, with the players who are there now?
2: I'd imagine they'd be quite busy uh, because I don't think Rob Edwards has had an opportunity to do to do much at all to that squad. Not that they've <laughs> needed to, but he inherited the, the, the same squad that Mark Cooper had a go at getting out of the division and obviously just tweaked one or two things. So I'm sure he'll want to put his further stamp on on the side. There'll be a number there that 100% deserve the opportunity, the aforementioned Caden and and Matt. Stevens, when he gets back fit, Uh, Jordan Moore-Taylor, former uh, teammate of mine, no problem at all to step up. Uh, But I think they've probably got the resources to have a bit of a go of it next season. They wouldn't be a team that... I'd expect to struggle. In, in, on, in all honest truth, I, I would have anticipated them up, getting up by now. So, you know, I think they'd have they will have planned for this. they will have planned for this, and they'll probably they'll probably add quality and not be adverse to you know paying some decent wages for the level.
1: A massive win, meanwhile, for Bristol Rovers. Two points off third place, uh, for place being occupied by Port Vale, who Rovers beat 3 1 on their own patch. They're in tremendous form at just the right time, JBR, Bristol Rovers. I'm just looking at their remaining games, and they've got the one that everybody wants on the last day at home to Scunthorpe. So, I mean, they are right in with the chance of going up automatically.
3: Yeah, they are, and it's been some run. I do like a little. Row through the stats every now and again, Matt. And since the 11th of December, they've played 23 games. They've won 15, drawn five, lost three. Home form in particular has been absolutely massive during that time where they've played 11 games and won nine of them. So listen, I think when you're picking up the amount of points that they have done for as long as they have, it's not a, you know, five, six, seven game run. You know, we're talking half a season. They've accumulated... 50 points so certainly from from their point of view they're going to be coming into this still of course trying to get into those automatic spots and you you couldn't really put it past them at the moment you know Elliot Anderson's come in and done really really well particularly of late you know got some really important goals for them Aaron Collins I really like you know the lad who was at, at Forest Green actually previously came across him uh during my time at Leighton Orient and yeah I think certainly you know to go and win in the manner that they did as well, I think is a huge statement. I've got to be honest, when you're playing teams that you're up against for those automatic places down the stretch and you can come off on the right side, of it, I remember being at Reading and we had sort of the, our rivals at the time were Southampton, West Ham and we had them both away from home in the last few games of the season. We went and turned them over and then that belief in the change room that it's, it's your year, it's your time, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Um, so, I think that'll be a huge boost for Joey Barton and, and Bristol Rovers. And as I say, if I was a better man, which I'm not really, which probably anyone who listens to the accumulators this year would have realised, um, I certainly wouldn't be betting against Bristol Rovers getting in that top three.
1: All right, Sam, you've sorted out the League One promotion picture for us. Joby says Bristol Rovers are going up automatically in League Two. So we've got Exeter second, 77 points from 42. Then Port Vale, 75 from 43. Northampton, 73 from 43. Bristol Rovers, also 73 from 43. And I think you can chuck Sutton in there because they've got a game in hand on the others. They've got 70 points. So which two teams are you putting up with FGR automatically?
2: Well, I had 10 minutes spare this morning, so I've done the little tally up. Um, (laughs) But uh, for the, the website I was looking at, I only said they had, well, I can only find two fixtures each for each side. So I've just scribbled down that they've actually got three games remaining. Um, so I've just uh, done the maths while uh, Joby was finishing up there. And uh, Exeter up. And um, Port Vale are going to get up on the final day on goal difference over Bristol Rovers. There you go. So I fancy Rovers and Vale to finish the season stronger The Northampton, just on the fixtures. That's all we can really go on right now because I think identical records more or less over the last three games, those sides. And and obviously in really good form. Um, So yeah, there you have it. 26 points from the last 12 games as well for Bristol Rovers and Port Vale going into that game. So there's not a great deal to separate them. So there we go. Vale Vale to do it on the last day.
1: Alright, um, Abby, former Exeter City striker Sam Parkin thinks Exeter City are going to get promoted automatically. Do Paddy Power agree with him?
4: They do. They are 40-1 uh, on to be in the top three and indeed to be promoted as a result. And uh, he is also spot on with Port Vale. They are the next favourites to be in the top three at 4-6. Uh, to six. But if you fancy uh, joining Joby on the Bristol Rovers train, they are 7-2 to 2 to finish in the top three. Uh, I'm fancying looking at Exeter's final two fixtures of uh, Northampton and uh, Port Vale as being uh, decisive in that. If you want to finish off that top seven, um, then uh, Bristol Rovers is likely to be there 50 to 1 on, Northampton 25 to 1 on, Sutton 3 to 1 on, and Mansfield, Matt's Mansfield, as I like to call them, they are 11 to 4 on, which means Tranmere are missing out, according to Paddy Power.
1: We shall see. Uh, you can find out these odds and more at paddypower.com or the Paddy Power app. It's over 18s only. Prices are accurate at the time of recording, teasers these apply, and when the fun stops stop alright before we go it is the return of our oft-lauded quiz about the pundits careers a question each on the other's illustrious playing days Uh, Sam on Joby first Joby's first career goal this is according to Soccer Base so do stop me if I'm wrong Joby Joby's first career goal came for Wimbledon in a 3-2 defeat at Rotherham in October of 2001 which other Totally Football League show pundit was on the score sheet that day give you a clue it was not Ian Danter.
2: Deep in thought. I can't completely blank. Rotherham Wimbledon. Yeah. Oh yeah. David Connolly.
1: Absolutely right. 2-0 up JB. 10 minutes into the game and you lost 3-2. Sure you
3: yeah I've got to be already. honest it was that long ago i can't really remember it but i'll be fair obviously always remember your first goal of course um but i didn't score anywhere near as many as sam throughout my career so uh yeah he actually remembers all his which is weird and i and i don't so i think that's the difference between a striker and a creator and then you get the strikers that just run off after you've put it on a plate for him mate but it's just the world we live in Matt.
1: well let me put this on a plate for you I i think you're gonna get this Sam's last goal in professional football came in a 4-0 Exeter win at Scunthorpe in October 2013. In the Scunthorpe team that day was a striker who played at the 1998 World Cup. Name him.
3: Oh, blimey. A World Cup striker for Scunthorpe. What was the year, Sorry.
1: 1998 he played in the World Cup 2013 was the game in question wow. had a long career
3: Scunny God mean,
1: did most of his work in the Football League he did play in the Premier League a bit good player I once met him at a house party and he, he was very nice so you know Is he French you get it.
3: non then French wow I'm completely stumped I'm completely stumped I think Sam's looking a bit stumped as well if he played with him, then... Oh, no, he played, He was playing for Scunthorpe. He was playing oh, for the right, other okay. team that day. God, blimey. Nah.
1: Shall I give you a clue of who the team is? Yeah, give me us a like clue. Would you like to take a guess? No, go on, right. give us a clue. I think this might give it away. It was Jamaica.
3: Oh. Dion Burton. Dion Burton. Box. Correct.
1: Well done, Sam. You won that.
2: I, I, love, um, the, I love Dion. Uh, I count him as a, as a friend, but... I would never have remembered that he played in that game, or indeed played for Scunthorpe. <laughs> I was going to say you don't remember he played in a World Cup. That would have been doing a little disservice. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I remember him being the top man in Jamaica for a decade. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He hasn't yeah, told me money. much. To
1: be fair, he had more clubs than Tiger Woods, didn't he? So it's not a surprise that you don't remember that he uh, he played for Scunthorpe. Uh, all right, that victory, Sam, gets you back in the lineup for Thursday's pod. You'll be alongside the non-goal-scoring Ian Danta for that. Uh, many thanks to you and to Joby and to Abby for knocking it all together and to you, listener, of course, for being with us. We'll speak to you later in the week. For now, though, from all of us here, it's goodbye.
4: You've been listening to the Totally Football League Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Listen ad-free on The Athletic app and keep up to date with everything Totally by heading to at The Totally Show on Twitter and on Insta. Find out the latest subscription offers by going to theathletic.com forward slash league show. The Totally Football League Show is an Athletic Media Company production.
2: The Athletic.